listening to the show with Sam and Joe. This is episode 201 for July 26th, 2018. This week, we talk about mind-controlling cat poop parasites training dogs, preconceived notions of LGBTQ media, telling partners about mental health issues, and camping with allergies. So stick around for The The Show! One, two, three, clap. (gasps) This is episode 201. It's crazy. 201, but we don't look a day over 16. Mm, I always thought you were going to say 60, and I was going to also agree with that. 60. Oh, well, either or. Over the hill. Remember all those cards? 16, honey. Oh, my God. Sweet 6D. Hillary Duff, yeah. Did she sing the theme song for that? Um, yes, this is on her debut album, oh my God, Metamorphosis, I, the I greatest had, album that's ever hit the Billboard charts. Did it even hit the charts or did it like roll under the charts? When I say hit the charts, I mean someone threw a copy of it at the chart <laughs> and it hit the charts. Someone, okay? someone threw a copy at the Billboard building and then they got arrested for vandalism. I think it, it had to have been number like at least in the top five. I would bet on it that that CD was in the top five. It was a different time. It was honestly. Hillary Duff used to have selling power. What like is she Miley up Cyrus. to? What is she doing? I don't. Does anybody know? I don't. I can't follow her acting career much because she has an acting career. Well, <laughs> this that's is like the issue. Involuntary is right shade. Like I have no idea what she's up to. That wasn't supposed to be shade, but like she has an acting career. That's what she does. She's an actress. Did you know? Uh, okay, so like we're two minutes. Did in. you hear about Lizzie McGuire movie? Do you want me to tell you? Oh my god! Wait, do we have an hour? I can explain to you the entire plot of the Lizzie McGuire movie in the next fifty-nine minutes. You know, I think it's. I think I'm fine. I think I'm good. Okay. I think, I think I've okay. heard enough. Um, okay, if you want to pass on Hill, Hillary Duff. What is she? What's her most recent acting? For Wikipediaing this, Hillary I'm Duff. Moving is on. Thirty years old. She's from Houston, Texas. We're the same age. She's from Houston, Texas, and I know that because I won a radio quiz once, and I won tickets to her Metamorphosis concert in oh my tenth God. grade. She's playing Sharon Tate in like a like documentary of Sharon Tate called "The Haunting of Sharon Tate." She's like the lead actress in this. What is it on Lifetime or something? I don't know. It doesn't say on the wiki, what but it's coming it? out in 2018. Well, good for her. Good for her. I'd like more music. No more sparks. Done with that one song. But the remember, rest of the album, remember that, breathe that, in, breathe out. The time. Great. Oh, I love breathing in, and I almost love breathing out just as much. Anywho's. Anywho's. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm back in um, I'm back in Missoula. I'm back uh, hanging out. I have uh, electricity, and I have internet, because over the past weekend, I was camping with no cell service, and I was getting eaten alive by like 650,000 mosquitoes, and I was having allergy attacks. Let me just say, for the record... I think um, I'm allergic to the outdoors. That's my excuse. I don't like it, and it doesn't like me. So this is why I stay in my cocoon, my bubble of a room with um, filtered air and air conditioning, because it's a bad situation. I was like, I had mucus was coming out of every orifice, honey, and it was not cute. But I had fun with my family. We were uh, camping for my sister's birthday. She's it was um, her birthday on Tuesday this week, but over the weekend, we like we just went camping and it was fun. They did some fishing and I took lots of cute pictures. But like, girl, 
allergies. I'm not into it. Have I asked you, you if you take your Claritin or I, something? Yeah. So like the thing is, is like I I like I was taking generic Zyrtec and now I'm I switched to generic Claritin because I didn't think Zyrtec was working. And so I'm curious. Like I was taking it every day and my allergies were still bad. So like one of two scenarios was happening. Either the Claritin wasn't working at all, or the Claritin was working and I would have died without it. So, like, it was bad. Even oh, like, it would have been 10 times worse. Yeah, so I'm like, but I don't know. So, mm. like, I don't want to not take it to find out. I might not wake up the next day. Who knows, man? But I feel like sometimes it just doesn't work. Right? But now you, can, you can't make fun of Piggy for having allergies anymore. Did I make My fun of Piggy for having boy. allergies? I don't know. Probably. It sounds like something <laughs> you would do. Okay. Pro- probably. It's safe to assume. What okay. is, what's Piggy allergic to? Fuck if we know. He's been on grain-free <laughs> food. He's been back on his regular food. He's gotten two allergy shots. I'm over it. They just give him a shot to, like, numb his nerves now. Oh, and that's that seems okay healthy. Mm-hmm. It's fine. He loves it. It makes him happy. He doesn't get eye infections anymore. He's fine. So, what? like, what happens, like, is it just, is it just his eyes? Like watering he just gets itchy. Well, what happens is he just gets really itchy, and so he'll paw at his eyes until he gets them infected. He's trying to claw his eyes out because he keeps he's seeing you. Stupid. He doesn't fucking understand. <laughs> then he has to wear a cone, and he stupid. doesn't understand why he can't see left and right. And then Ugh, listen, children, he's a mess. I, I remember the first time I put a cone on my child. Ugh. Oh, obviously. Every mm-hmm. child should have at least a cone on their head the first half of their lives. Honestly, I feel like that we should have cones on our children and we should lock them in cages at night. Piggy doesn't. Okay. Piggy doesn't go in his crate at night anymore. What? You let him roam no, free to like shit a, everywhere? No, he doesn't roam free. He's got a doggy tent. He's got a doggy plate. A pin. doggy tent? Excuse <laughs> me? Yeah, it, it's travel friendly. You can fold it in, fold it up into like a little carry bag and then it pops out. It's like a little circular tent. You can take the roof off or you can leave it on. He goes in there. We zip it up. He sleeps. It's like four times the size of his crate. He loves it. Wow. Well, it's like a den. Mom of the year award goes to you. Anyway, I feel like, I feel like my mom just when she was done with me, she locked me in my room and then she just well, left. She went to the bars. Who can blame her? Honestly, okay, first I don't. of all. Second I don't. of all, speaking of allergies. Are you allergic to me? No, I had to go to urgent care on Friday, though, because, okay, so I was sitting in front of the computer. Justin had just left for work, and I was like, God damn, my eye feels heavy. Uh-oh. Looked in the mirror. My eyelid was the size of a fucking parachute, and it was drooped <laughs> over my eye. Oh, my and God. I I've been Justin, there. And I was like, did you not notice that my eyelid was the size of, like, a map of the world before you left home? <laughs> and he was like, no, I didn't notice anything. <laughs> no, I didn't look at you before so- I left. Sorry. <laughs> He tries not to look at me in the morning sometimes. Mm. You know how it is. Oh, honey, I don't blame him one bit, sure. sweaty. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I took two Benadryl because I was like, if I found an allergic reaction, I'm not going out this way. I swear right. to God. Uh, took I'm going two Benadryl, out walked down to urgent care. Um, they looked at it. They were like, well, you're, I don't think you're having an allergic reaction. Your vision's fine. Um so she thought it was just like irritation or mm. something. So she gave me like antibiotic eye drops to use for seven days. But she was like, you can put your contact lenses back in after 48 hours, but take the antibiotic eye drops for seven days. But you can't have your contact lenses in while you do the eye drops. And I was like, let well, me just wear my goddamn this. glasses. Well, fucking riddle me that. <laughs> yeah. Riddle me that, bitch. Yeah. I was like, there's some in there's some incongruencies with these instructions. There's some inconsistencies but, with her instructions. 
They before right when I walked into urgent care, it's obvious I needed urgent care. Yeah, first mm-hmm. of all, people um, people were, there, you know, they, a bomb just went off. They're losing yeah. a limb. Joe is at the front of the line with his parachute <laughs> eyelid. I Listen, deserve to it's be not first. Called, it's not called casual care. It's, it's called, called urgent, urgent care. care, and mm-hmm. I need it now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, "What?" First of all, they were like, "Before you can sign in, what insurance do you have?" And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Wow! Like I'm die. I might be dying. My eyes gonna fall out of my skull, and you want my well, insurance? In my mind, in my mind, I'm having an allergic reaction, and it's gonna spread to my throat. My throat's gonna close up. I'm gonna die from like choking, and my eyes are gonna bulge out. And then that can't be an open casket funeral anymore. That's out the window. Oh, honey, so- I'm gonna open that casket for everyone to see. <laughs> Thank you. This, Thank you. I, I, I did the podcast that. with that thing with that. In, the, in that in that Furby <laughs> casket that's about to be lowered into the ground. So they did take my insurance, so they did see me. But riddle me this. Here's mm-hmm. riddle number two. Oh God, so the, many riddles. They have primary care doctors as well. They're in the same building, but they're like separated, so you have to go in a different entrance. The mm. urgent care takes my insurance. The primary care doesn't. So I can't go to them for primary care. I can only go to them for urgent care. Yeah. I guess everything in your life is urgent now. It basically is. So um, I had to find another doctor this week because I started on Monday of this week. I got one of those really bad headaches where I start getting cold and clammy and then I throw up because it's so bad. Oh, that sounds fun. I know. I've just started having these and people on Twitter were like, that sounds like a migraine, honey. So -hmm. I had to find a doctor for those. It's a mess. I hit 30 and I feel like I'm falling apart. It's like one week, 30 is the best year of your life. The next week, you're literally degrading literally. into the ground. Just oh, disintegrating. Lord. I don't think I've ever had yeah. a migraine in my entire life. I've had like really good because like I know people that have headaches like a few times a week, every week. And it's like part of their routine. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like I get a headache like maybe a couple times a month. Like maybe I have like, yeah. I don't know. I've always gotten probably between one and two headaches a month and the headache will like put me out of commission for at least half a day but usually i can take some excedrin and it makes it better but just for the past three months i've started getting what i'm assuming now have been migraines where my Mm. head hurts so bad and then there are like at least two hours where it gets so bad i'm like lying on the bathroom floor i'm throwing up like and i didn't know that like throwing up and like sweating was like associated with migraines but i looked it up afterward and i was like oh I knew throwing That's up it. was, but I didn't know that sweating was, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I sweat. It's, oh, honey, it's, it's like gross. a workout when I'm throwing up. It is. I look like amazing. I'm running a goddamn marathon. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're toned but as like, hell. For two, for about an hour and a half, I sit mm-hmm. on the bathroom floor. These these three times I've had it, and I've like contemplated whether or not I need to be calling nine one one. Like it's wow. that bad. Oh, I that feel sucks. like I'm dying. Uh, so Justin came home from work to take care of me. Wow, what's it like to have somebody that loves oh. you? <laughs> I don't know the feeling. It's great. I don't understand it. Loves me and just get a dog. Oh my god, I'm gonna get like a giant fucking dog that I can ride into the sunset. Do it. That sounds about right. Well, the thing is, is like if I get a dog, I have to like take care of it, and like I can um, barely take care of myself, Henny. Like, well, let me tell you, you probably drop enough scraps of food on your floor to feed the dog, <laughs> so. It would probably at least. I live stay in alive. an actual dumpster outside <laughs> of a Denny's. It's um, brilliant in every way. Speaking of uh, pets, oh, okay, and they're pooping. Oh, okay. What a segue. 
NBC News. Give give a pay raise to whoever wrote this title. Oh God. Parasite Parasite and cat poop could be reducing our fear of failure. Study finds Tox, toxoplasma found in cat feces makes mice unafraid of cats, and it could give people the courage to start their own business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Hold on. Okay. okay. Take about five steps back. Let's get. Let's go out to start from oh, the honey. beginning again, because I oh, am honey. shooketh. Put on your thinking cap for this one. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a story about Toxoplasma Gandhi parasite. Okay. okay. I love Gandhi. Uh, it affects mice in the in it makes them not afraid of anything. So then cats eat the mice. The parasite brews up in the cat. It's pooped out. You pick up your cat's poop or you slap your cat on the ass, as we do. Uh, you know, and yeah. yeah. It's like we're like they're on the football team. So yeah, good job. Exactly. Slap it on the ass. And then you get Toxoplasmosis. And it's apparently, according to this, to this article, been linked to a greater risk of car accidents, mental illness, neuroticism, drug abuse, and suicide. A lot of people have it who have been in contact with cats. I'm but sure sometimes I have you it. never, you never know. You just never know. Can you do anything about um, it if you're like a diagnosed with toxoplasmosis or are you just like fucked? I have no idea. I, the article doesn't say what you do. If okay. you're, if you got it, it just tells you um, you should start a small business. You just start a small business because you're. They think it might be because you're less. It makes you less afraid of failure. So then you're like, why don't I start a business? You God, know? it makes you, you know? fearless. And so, um, this woman and her husband—they're both professors. Um, is that who it was? It was two professors, and uh, they tested their students for it. 22% of the people they tested, let's see, uh, nearly 500, they gave a saliva test to antibodies to toxoplasma to nearly 1,500 students and nearly 200 people attending t- seminars on how to start your own business. Mm-hmm. 22% of the people they tested had the antibodies for T. Gandhi, meaning they had been infected at some point. Uh, the students who were infected were 1.4 times more likely to be business majors and 1.7% more likely to have an emphasis in management and entrepreneurship. What? And uh, among people, among people going to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship seminars, infected people were 1.8 times as likely to have started their own business. Wow. Um, I don't know what to say to that. There you have it. Um, So, yeah, it was uh, Johnson, who is a I think she's a business professor. And then her husband is like a biology professor or something listen i skimmed it for the interesting bits honey i'm looking for those bites you know those sound bites oh i love a good cat bite. poop mm-hmm. cat poops make you good at business i don't i feel like my cat poop i like i don't know i felt like that <laughs> the, the oh fa- here's the, the fact go go on go on honey <laughs> get it out get it out of there, honey you can do it you can do it you can make it for your uh, sentence uh, honey you got okay. it okay got it sound it out sound it out letter by letter <laughs> Sound it out. Okay, the mm-hmm. fact that toxoplasmosis and cat poop can make you suicidal is the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. Like, <laughs> Mike, every time my cat shits, the rate of me killing myself skyrockets. Like, well, what a way to go. Stop eating its shit, for one thing. <laughs> oh, it's I not love, chocolate. I love eating cat poop. It's delicious. Oh, here's addressing your concern. Oh, okay. It can make people with weakened immune systems very ill, but... Most people do not know they've been infected. More than 30 million men, women, and children in the U.S. carry the parasite. Very few have symptoms because the immune system usually keeps the parasite from causing illness. I There you have it. I don't know if that answers any of your question, like what you're supposed to do. 
I, you, you um, know, okay, here's the thing. Since I grew up with cats, you you had pumpkin. You know, you grew up with a cat. I grew um, up with cat. Well, I mean, we had like, you know, 15 fucking barn cats running around everywhere. Love a barn cat. Love um, a good barn cat. I, I could have had, I, you know, I could have toxoplasmosis right now. Like, what do I do? Should I run to urgent care? Are they going to accept my insurance? You better call ahead to make sure they accept your insurance. <laughs> oh, honey, you better call ahead. You, you're probably better off just like waiting until, you know, the, you have, wait until you want to start a business and mm-hmm. then schedule that appointment maybe the reason why i you know we started the podcast which is kind of like a small business is because we're we both have toxoplasmosis did you think about that i'm not super worried about it i don't really know how it makes you ill right like is it gonna like it, what's it gonna do to me if i have it like can I, I they, be these are the questions can they rip these the are the questions the article just doesn't answer uh, it sounds like they needed to do a little bit more research well, um, I'm it not sounds a journalist, like, but it sounds like maybe don't go to NBC News for your news. Quite <laughs> I don't frankly, know. Is, is, is everything fake like news now? At I President am Trump? so over. OK, I got this from Twitter, mm-hmm. but I would never click on like an NBC, a CBS. And, you know, those like those main TV station networks. I just don't I don't like them for news. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's like I would go to Washington Post or New York Times. Yeah. You know, I just don't trust these these news stations. You don't anymore. you don't trust TV news. You're more of a print news sort of person. I'm more of a print news, honey. I get a... I get all of my news from NickJr.com and 4chan and Team Vogue. Oh, Team Vogue has actually been doing pretty good lately. I know they're like in it to right. Win like it, talk about know? like good journalism. It's like happening at Team well, Vogue. Like of all the people. They're crazy. probably on like life support because magazines are tanking. But oh, R.I.P. You know. Um, I mean, go out with a bang. Question. Is it 28? Like, okay. I feel like it's 2008. Every time someone posts, got a new phone, lost my contacts. Have you, like, this is a a tiny little segue because I'm just pissed about it because, like, there were three people that popped up on my feed today on, like, Facebook or whatever because, like, I log in once a month and it's always a fucking mistake. And they're like, hey, I I lost my phone. (laughs) I don't have any contacts anymore. I'm like... It's 2018. Why don't you have your contacts in the cloud? Like, hello, Google contacts. Hello. Like, does everyone have an iPhone? And does everyone lose their contacts when they get a new phone now? Like, I thought this only happened on your Razor flip phone back in 2007. Like, is this still a I'm problem? Surprised. All mine are all mine are in Google. Yeah, at same. This point. All my contacts um, are in the cloud. It doesn't matter what phone I have. They all get redownloaded automatically. I'm just surprised they were using it like um, for real because I've I've used that in the past year. Mm-hmm. But it's been when uh, someone's texted me. Sorry, this Minute Maid lemonade in a can is giving me the. <laughs> <laughs> Joe has to go to urgent care again. Is messing with my. I'm Joe drinking has... lemonade out of a can, y'all. It's not a sponsorship. Minute Maid ain't gonna sponsor us. Oh, honey. Um, I've used it, but it's like when someone's texted me and it's an unknown number. Like someone texted me in Chicago. They were like, "Hey, come out to blah 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 bar," and I was like, "Who?" I sorry, my phone broke. Who is this? And mm-hmm. it's obviously someone's number I deleted. And they're like, yeah, yeah. "Oh, it's blah 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 blah." And I'm like, and "Then oh, you never reply them again." Exactly. <laughs> uh, actually, Girl, I replied, there. "Oh," in all caps. Oh, because I hated them. Oh, <laughs> and they were like, "Is that good or bad?" And then I blocked them. Um, <laughs> Passive-aggressive, I, passive I never would believe it. I just needed to make them a little uneasy. Um, God. That's the only time I would ever use it. And the only, and I feel like if anyone did that to me, I'd be, I, my response would be, you fucking deleted my number and I fucking know it. And right. this is, and then I'd make up someone else who I am, you know, and I don't know. Right. Be like, hey, this is uh, Melissa from Planned this Parenthood. 
we have your test <laughs> results back. That's what you say oh. when they deleted your number. But like, I don't. It's such a Facebook. No one, no one on Twitter would announce like, "Hey, I lost my phone." Like, you know, don't have no. my contacts anywhere. But I'm just like, I, well, Twitter's Twitter's more public. Yeah, Twitter is more public. But I just like, I just, I can't understand people that like lose their contacts in 2018. Like, just like my uh, SIM card fell out. It's like what is a SIM card? <laughs> like, aren't those like I don't even know if I have a SIM card or like where it is or what's going on with that. This I love the Sims. The Sims card. I, yeah, I don't even know about that. Even about the Sims mm. anymore. I haven't bought the Seasons thing yet. Anyway, though, um, what bugs me about the situation is whenever I block someone, it only blocks it on your current cell phone. Like I did actually break my phone. It was like January, January of last year or something. Is that when you tried to do surgery on your uh, your Nexus 6P? Yeah, yeah. It didn't work. And and so like only your phone app blocks it. Like it's not Mm. blocked anywhere else. It's not blocked in the cloud. That stuff isn't brought to the cloud or whatever. Which I guess makes sense because like if someone else gets your number someday, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't they don't need those people. Same people blocked. Yeah. No idea. Although, like, one could argue that if I block someone, everyone should have them blocked. So, I mean, public block list. Everyone <laughs> subscribes to that, and then I everyone's just, blocked just, by Joe. Like, why can't I just be the king of deciding who gets to contact whom? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's exactly. the question on everyone's mind. Um, <clears throat> I was down a YouTube rabbit hole when I got back from. Um, I don't know. I feel like when I when I get back into like cell service, when I haven't had cell service for like four days, it's like I've been walking in the desert and I haven't seen water in like six days. And I'm just oh, like, like, Jesus, gobble, 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 gobble. Like, I just eat all the I eat all the data like I can't I can't do it. But anyway, so I was I was down a YouTube rabbit hole and like, honey, we joke about like irrelevancy in YouTube. But I found a YouTuber that I, I followed like 10 years ago, like a Uh-oh. classic YouTuber um, who I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to name them because I'm not an asshole. But like they used to get like millions mm. and millions of views and they their videos like the they, they're still doing videos. They're still trying to make it happen like 10 years later, even after like they fell off the face of the earth and they're getting okay, like, are you describing me now? Are oh, you like oh, actually no. going there? I, I, are you, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joe, not everything's they're about still you. They're trying for some reason. But they this, need to this get person's the getting like, like 800 to 1000 views per video. Mm hmm. Like, and they were getting millions, like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I was like, interesting. At, at that point, why do you still try? What are you doing? Why don't you just like, just let her die? <laughs> Give up. Like, does it, as someone who's a YouTuber, which is you, like, do you, if, if no one watched your videos anymore, if like, if, if it was, everything was dead and all people were watching were, um, Katy Perry music videos on YouTube oh, and no Lord. one watches vloggers or gaming videos anymore. Would you still do it? Like, I wouldn't. I yeah. for sure wouldn't. I've, and it's, uh, it's like, this is going to sound bitchy. I know. Ne- <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never experienced not getting views. Right. Because I was there for s- at the beginning of vloggers. And so mm-hmm. we all sort of grew together that first yeah. generation. And so I never dealt with like having to really. I definitely had to grow my channel a lot, but I, and by a lot, I mean, it barely fucking grew, but (laughs) you know, yeah, it grew like a small mole on your back that you need to get checked out. (laughs) I never was getting like less than a hundred views on a video, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but if I were, I would like in this day and age, I would probably give up in this economy, honey, (laughs) I would give up, give Um, up, give up. 
But that sounds like it sounds so bad to say because there are a lot of like smaller YouTubers who I feel like are keeping the spirit of vlogging alive Mm -hmm. in a big way. Oh, honey, the spirit of vlogging is like on life support. But I don't feel like that's my job anymore. I feel like I. Oh, yeah. No, honey, you did your job. You put your time in. Uh huh. Like I, I, I personally would not make videos anymore. But mm-hmm. props to you if you still choose to while getting no views. I guess as long as you enjoy it, I well, feel like and that, that's the thing that I was going to get to. Like, there's two different types of like YouTubers. There's like there's people who do YouTube um as a hobby and it isn't their primary source of income. And then there's people who YouTube is their job. Like, I feel like, you know, if you're doing YouTube for like creatively or whatever, and you're not getting any views, like you're you're not financially dependent on it. But like, if you're like still trying to like make YouTube as your like main source of income happen, and it hasn't like happened in five years, I'm like, honey, like, what are you doing, honey? That's that's a difference I think I'm trying to make. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, with the amount of content I put out, if I mm-hmm. were putting out like a daily video and it was getting like 50 views, I would be like, I, I don't have time to do this anymore. I have to get I have to go out into the world and like I have to go work at Forever 21 or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you know I, what? I have to go I'd to make, Petco. I'd make more money than I do now. Yeah, it's frankly. like energy in, but, energy out, you know, but it's, you know, I guess part of me still obviously does it because I love it. And mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know. I can't let go, honey. Oh, honey. You can't let oh, go. Honey. How long have you been on YouTube? 11 years and a half. Oh, my God. So what grade would your child be if you had a child that's 11 years old? Is that like fourth grade, fifth grade? Uh, fourth, sixth grade-ish. Oh, my God. Because you're eight in third grade. Yeah, like sixth grade. Your YouTube child is in middle school. My YouTube child is dead. <laughs> your YouTube child <laughs> It's been dead for a long it. time, uh-uh. honey. With the money I make on YouTube, honey, I can't feed me and a baby. Mm. Okay, <laughs> you have a you have a Furby to feed. You have a dog to I feed. Got a piggy to feed. Yeah, you have a piggy. A to piggy feed. fucking dog who just only we bought these treats for him like seven months ago. He's only just now decided he likes them. Like mother, like daughter. That sounds like something you would do. <laughs> He's so picky. <laughs> picky boy such a picky little shit yeah is piggy piggy around or did you throw him out the window i don't know he's around he's sleeping on the bed he's right behind me wow what a blessing what what a blessing but it's like i mean i don't know hit us up with like irrelevant youtubers that used to be relevant like i i love sam up with irrelevant youtubers (laughs) that used to be relevant and don't you fucking dare send him a link to my channel because i'll come after your asshole do you understand me i still have a little bit of pull on the internet joe will ask for your phone number just to block you your number blocked <sighs> okay speaking of assholes oh oh i love an asshole oh speaking of assholes my hemorrhoids doing great there's your hemi update you still have it no it's gone it's been gone oh okay i was gonna be like honey you need to get that checked out mm-hmm. well i guess they can take a while to heal but right. anyway mm-hmm. um so i know you're a big fan of sports and baseball in particular the oh, most yeah. exciting yeah you know me total top here Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've heard of the Alabama Biscuits, a minor league baseball team. Is this that your loves. team? And are they all bottoms? Because that <laughs> I know. would make a the lot of minute, sense. The minute I saw they were called the Biscuits and they have the cutest mascot, I was like, yes. But no, we actually, uh, as millennials, hate them. Oh, okay, we do. I mean, they're they from Alabama, threw, so. They had a quote where they're having, I don't know how old this article is, a millennial night at their stadium. What does that mean? Uh, Everyone got free participation ribbons. Oh, God. Uh, 
there were selfie stations okay. set up throughout the park, and there were napping areas. They also napping claimed area. to have lots of avocados. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's like so surface area millennialism. Like, well, it's just like condescending, is what it is. Well, I mean, let me tell you, like, I'm a millennial. You know how many like participation trophies or ribbons I've gotten? I think I've gotten I'm right. I think I've gotten one in like sec, like the second grade, oh. like fair. Oh, were you bad? Because I've got like 25. Oh, no, we just like we didn't have a lot of participation ribbons. Oh, I didn't get a lot of those. <laughs> we, maybe we I was did. so we maybe I was so bad. That. Oh, wow. Maybe I didn't have the, the typical millennial experience. That. Well, someone I mean, a lot of people on Twitter were obviously like, you know, call them out on their bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone tweeted millennials are the backbone of the economy and work longer hours for less pay than the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Kindly find somewhere private to go fuck yourself, which I agree <laughs> with. People like um, our generation has a lot of fucked up problems. The same way uh, the generation before us is racist and sexist. You yeah, know? totally. Like that's their problems. Mm-hmm. Like at least I'm not their level of that. You at know, least I don't vote Republican. But it is so true that like we there's all those studies that we work longer and we get paid less. Yeah, we work more, prices, we get paid less. Yeah, rent is ridiculous. Rent and mortgages are through the roof. Um, yeah, so uh, millennial night. I just love like all 21st. the old 60-year-old men that are like, you know, telling us that we're freeloaders. Meanwhile, like they're living in a house that they purchased, which is something that like millennials could never do. Like yeah. buying a house. Like what? That's not even on our radar. We're just trying to survive in this economy. Like uh, someone on Justin's timeline. I don't know if it was his friend or just someone he follows uh, made a plug in to Chrome that changes the word millennials to adults under 40 for oh, all the a- articles that he reads. I was like, that's <laughs> that's smart. such a good plug in. Because we're millennials, but it has turned into such like a trigger word for us. I know. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's only used negatively. And exactly. It's like, Jesus. Oh, the Montgomery, Alabama biscuits. They're so not like, even, they're not a state. It's a minor league. The Montgomery biscuits. Montgomery Biscuit biscuits. They were found in 1973. Their colors are blue and butter because I can't say yellow <laughs> because they're biscuits. <laughs> blue and butter. Blue okay. and butter. I would be their fan if they didn't offend me. See? Ugh. Baseball's boring. I've been to two games since I've known Justin. Honey, and... I have been in two Little League baseball leagues, and the second one I quit because my coach made me cry. So I don't <laughs> I don't like baseball. <laughs> it triggers me. What? That's so sad. <laughs> what, what happened? Well, I loved my... I don't remember how old I was. You don't but have like... to relive it, but... Oh, know, honey, like... Relive I, it. I have therapy tomorrow. I can talk this through with her if it really gets Okay, bad. let's do it. No, my my first Little League Baseball team, it was really, really fun. My coach was super nice. Then the second one, um, if we, like... And mean, like, let me just set the tone. We were, like, eight and nine years old. Like, we're young. Like, we're very small children. Um, During, like, the... My, my second year of Little League. And our coach for Little League, when we would, like... Um, miss a swing or like when we would like not catch the ball like we would miss catching the ball he'd make us do push-ups like on the spot as a like a punishment and i'm not i'm not i wasn't a very physical kid but like being the center of attention having people like watch you do push-ups was like enough for me to like get emotional about it and hate it oh for (laughs) sure that's that's like terrifying right yeah so like and he was just an asshole like my mom told me later on like that he was a dick and i was like okay well i'm glad that you know thank you for scarring me my entire life but it was one of those things where like 
like my parents were trying to like get me to like stick through it and i was like i did not want to continue on with this so i eventually like just like wouldn't get in the car to go to <laughs> the games i was like i'm not doing this anymore i can't do it um, i don't blame you but that's uh that's why you should uh trust your kids when they want to quit things because they're uh emotionally scarred let them let them live their goddamn lives but yeah no baseball is so boring i don't even like i'm like all for kids quitting stuff oh absolutely like that's what let them quit that's what it's meant to be a kid life's like, about quitting like, encourage them obviously this is coming from two homos who don't have children mm-hmm. but i feel like what i would want to be done to me has been kind of like what my parents did they were like you can try it out if you like it sure but if you don't you know don't give up on it like super easily but you know give it a shot and then give it a shot if you hate it who gives a fuck life's right, too exactly. short do something else i don't know bake a cake who who gives a shit I played soccer and basketball. Uh, I just cannot imagine you on a basketball team. And track did they, did they throw you into the hoop? Like what? Practice? Were you the basketball? No, honey. I was the wind. I was the speed. I was the shooter. The the one that runs and the that holds the ball. I don't know what anything's fucking called. Okay, <laughs> I took it so don't. I didn't have to take PE. And then they were, I they were about to have like. Uh, Announce who was who made the team, and I was going to make the team, and so I quit. Mm. I was over it. Don't you? And they love would that. make us do shirts and skins, and they would call me like a starving African child. And I was like, first of all, that's problematic. Second, Second of, all, of all, fuck thank you. you. I love being thin. I really, <laughs> I love the compliment. Thank you so much. Thin is very awful. In. Kids are the worst. Kids are the worst. Yeah, kids are absolutely awful. Oh my god, I was bad. The thing is, is like, like I, <laughs> the thing that we have to realize is that we've all been super problematic. Like I was bullied a little. I was bullied the most in middle school, and because should I blame it on because I was bullying? I bullied other people, or should I just like take it and be like I was a bully too? Even though I was, I think also it kind bullied. of like there are people I was mean to. Mm-hmm, you know yeah. what I mean. And part of me is like, well, a lot of kids are just mean to other kids. Yeah, like, I feel like middle school was the worst for me. Was it middle school or high school that was the worst for you? Probably high school. Mm. I felt very like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. Why are I think about it a lot sometimes? Still, I'm like, why was I mean to some people? Right. Like sometimes but, it comes up when I'm like about ready to go to bed. I was like, oh fuck, I was an sure. asshole. <laughs> like yeah i was they were as mean to them and was, then you think back and you're like oh wait they were a bitch and they didn't oh, oh yeah no people call no. me a faggot in the hallway they probably deserved it <laughs> no. it, what were you about to say what, i don't what know happened in middle school oh no nothing i was just like talking about like I, I think we were i don't know where my thought went i i was a bull i was i wasn't i don't think i would call myself a bully in middle school but no. like when people were mean to me like i would use that energy i feel like and like try to like pass it off on someone else Always like I feel like it was a mental thing mm-hmm. with me, yeah. like a I don't know, like it's something like that. Like you're passing it on to someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. Being a kid is fucked up, and right. like high school kids don't have the. I mean, there were those studies that we read about that one week where it's like high school kids don't have the foresight to like see past a certain point. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or like have the range of emotions that. Or recognize what's important. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you don't want to excuse the behavior. You're like, yeah, I was a dick a few yeah. times. Oh, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I was I going I don't know. This. It's problematic. Whatever. Uh, us being problematic. Well, you know, we got to, we sow our sins and then they grow into a tree. I don't know what. what? There's, a, there's a saying somewhere there. I don't know. Jesus. You Jesus. reap what you sow? That's the one. Well, 
I've received any bullying I've ever done in my life back about 400 folds on the internet. So, um, sure. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I, mean, uh, I don't know. Mont- Montgomery Biscuits is what we were talking about and millennials and I don't know. Um, oh, probably this whole conversation probably just sounds super millennial. So. Oh, my God. So, so millennial. Like, oh, my God, we're so privileged or whatever. I don't know. I'm sitting here in my in my room that I can barely afford. and But at least it has air conditioning. That's all. I, you know, I'm just very thankful. I'm very thankful for uh, for the food on my table <laughs> or whatever. God. Anyways, um, <laughs> I did some millennial things. Uh, speaking of millennials. Did you have sushi? Did you have avocado sushi? You know, I, I like avocado in sushi, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like avocados are kind of overrated. Is that like... I don't like avocados. Is that an edgy thing to say? Sushi. Yeah, like, I don't As, eat avocados unless they're in sushi. Like, I, I feel like they're too... They're, I think it's too soft. I don't like it. I don't either. I don't like guacamole either. Yeah, I, it's not my favorite thing. My, fi- my not favorite thing this week is guacamole. Oh my god. Crazy. Me too. Oh my god, twins. Twins. Oh my god, twins. Twins. Um, twins. So, so like I said, it was my it was my sister's birthday weekend, and we mm-hmm. went camping, and then she uh, drove over with me to Missoula, and there was a concert um, that she wanted to go to. It was some, like, psychedelic, like, indie rock band um, that I had no idea who they were. They were called Unknown Mortal Orchestra, or UMO. They're based out of Portland, Oregon, but they are like from New Zealand or something. I don't know. Ooh. I don't I don't go out of the house. I haven't gone to a live show. The last live show that I went to was probably like two years ago and I went alone and it was this electronic band called M83. They were in Missoula and it was really fun. I love M83. Love M83. Yeah, so they were here and that was super fun. But like I maybe just because that like not a lot of people come to Montana, which makes sense because no one lives here. And also like I don't like to leave the house because like I just pointed out, nature hates me and my body hates nature. So like we just we don't mesh well together. But yeah, so we went to this like concert and it was like really loud and really fun. The thing that I I feel like that I've noticed is I like going out more since I can drink. And I feel like that I I would like Uh-oh. I feel like I need to tell myself that like, oh, I, I I'll 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 be OK going out since I can like get a gin and tonic and like like let loose a little bit because I really hated going out when I couldn't drink. because I just thought it was boring and I was like really anxious and whatever in like social situations. But like, oh, I was realizing today I had like that realization like, oh, like people people drink at these events because it like it helps with their nerves and stuff. I know what if you know what a what a goddamn epiphany I had that no one else has had in their entire lives. But the concert was super fun and it was really nice. And I had like temporary hearing loss in my left ear because it was super loud and it was they were very talented. So if you know anything about Unknown Mortal Orchestra or UMO, um, Umo. hit me up. Umo. Uh, my favorite so, card U- game is Umo's Umo. the new emo. It's the new emo. My favorite actress, Umo, Umo Thurman. Umo Thurman. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey, more mascara, more black eyeliner. I'm Umo. Wow. <laughs> I'm Umo, honey. She Umo. Honey, draw a little teardrop on your face, honey. She's Umo. She Umo. Um, uh, I went uh, karaokeing for the first time. What? In my life. Karaoke? We got a, there's a Korean karaoke place, uh, you know, with, with the private rooms. Oh, I love uh, so those. We, we got a private room with a couple of friends and we did karaoke for like three hours. Was it like all K-pop since it was a Korean place? No, 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 no. It's they I mean, they did have a big catalog of C-pop, K-pop. Um, they had a few other countries, too, but mm. we, it was all English. Our catalog was. Oh, OK. Um, they had everything. 
I um, sang my first karaoke song was You Were Meant For Me by Jewel. <gasps> oh, you that's a classic. Oh, it was so, I mean, not a dry eye, you know. Because mm, no one else not is in the room but eye. you. Not a dry eye. Not a dry eye because your eyes were swollen shut. <laughs> not a dry eye. Uh, from crying. Mm-mm, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, Jam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, What did Justin sing? He sang Jingle Bells. Oh, and... what a bitch. <laughs> he Get is out. like a seasoned. He's like a seasoned karaoke. He's gone to so much karaoke. Um, Being an extrovert lot sounds of different so things. exhausting. Some Coldplay. He's not an extrovert by any means. He's but, like, we both have taken the test and he's like right on the cusp though. Wow. And you're like in your little shell in a box in the corner. I just out. wanted to sit in the corner and sing. Everyone else would like stand up in front of the screen and stuff. And I was like, just hand me the microphone. Like yeah. they're wireless for a reason. I'm going <laughs> to sit down. They're wireless because I'm going to I'm gonna turn around and not face you guys. So you just look at my back and then I'll exactly. sing, sing to myself. Oh Lord, what else did you sing? You sang some Jewel? I sang Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. I sang Be <gasps> uh, Mine by Robin. Oh, they I had sang, Be Mine. Oh, my God. They had every fucking song. Oh, I sang uh, Say Okay by Vanessa Hudgens. <gasps> oh, is she gay? You know? Oh, God. Uh, uh, what else? A few other, you know, like horribly painful, <laughs> painfully gay songs. Did they have um, uh, Come On Sugar by Justin Birdsong in the catalog? You know, I actually, I scrolled through. I was like, let's just see how much Joseph Park song they have. <laughs> None, honey. Oh, Not a you one. send a complaint. Formal complaint. It for their cat. Well, we should send them the instrumentals. Oh, honey, I have it. I have it already. Anyone who wants them, I'm, I'll Uh-oh. give it to you for free. No, no you're not shit. allowed to. No one else can sing it better than me because that will be very easy to do. And I'm sing, not going to quote, end quote. <laughs> You want to do our favorite things? Sure, let's do our favorite things. (laughs) These are a few of my favorite things. So Joe told me Joe told me he had a brilliant favorite thing this week. So I I thought of a better one. Oh, look at you! What's the name of this show that we're watching? Dog something training dogs. Oh God! Dog show. Mm. I'm googling the name of the show. Yeah, what's the? Yeah, it sounds like it's really important to you. Okay, I found it. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was a British television program, but it takes place in like Atlanta, but the host is British. Her mm. name is Victorian Stillwell. The show is called It's Me or the Dog. And we finished watching Psycho Kitty. We finished all the episodes. Oh, that's right. So we had to move on to another like pet training show. Mm-hmm. So this is it. Uh, it's like she goes to these houses where the dogs are obviously having super big problems and she teaches them how to train them. And whatnot. And it's uh, fucking good, actually. Good. We were watching it, you know, like we did with Psycho Kitty to kind of make fun of it. It was like our funny show. Mm-hmm. But this one's actually nice to watch. It's fun. So it's, it's like, giving oh us God. tips for Piggy. Yeah. How to train it. It's, is it like a, is it like, um, what was that one? Like the Dog Whisperer or whatever, or like Caesar Milan, like a long time ago, where he like. Yeah, I never saw his show. I know really? who he is, yeah. but I never watched it. It's the premise is like there will be a family uh, like in the in the first episode. Uh, it's a lesbian couple. Shout out <gasps> what? to lesbians. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, one of their people? dogs. 
they had like four dogs and two cats. And I was like, first of all, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of their dogs was like acting out and it was influencing the other dogs. And so she came in and like taught him how to deal, uh, oh understood God. what the dog's issues were, you know. So it's like so, Super uh, Nanny, but for dogs. She is like such an alpha. Victoria Stilwell. Like when she's with the dogs and stuff, I'm, I'm like, she sounds I butch. So is she much. a lesbian? She's not. She is. She looks like a very petite, quaint English nanny is what she looks like. <gasps> what? And she's got like this amazing like Laura Croft hair. Like it's not in a braid, but it's like she's got these bangs and she's got this long ponytail. I got bangs. I got bangs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she knows how to train dogs. And um, I got to train Piggy now. <laughs> so what do you need to train to Piggy asshole. to do now? Uh everything (laughs) basically well we did it we did some basic training when he was younger Mm -hmm. but he's a little too on alert at the door oh yeah well you were saying that he like barks at your neighbor when they're like jangling their keys when they're unlocking yeah he does that probably like 60 percent of the time Uh, oh piggy yeah we're trying to teach him, you know, like, don't do that. But the problem with Piggy was he wouldn't eat any of his treats. So you can't what? train him if he's not getting rewarded. He was so picky. But I dug out those treats this morning that mm-hmm. we bought like six months ago because I, I used to make my own fucking treats. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, And he likes them suddenly. So. Wow. Whatever. It's amazing. You know, people just change people. I don't know what I was going to say. People, people, people are change. capable of change. We're still the bullies we were in high school. Oh, Jesus. Well, good favorite thing. I need someone to train my dog. And by my dog, I mean me. Someone help me. I'm glad you didn't say your penis. I thought you were going to say your penis. Oh, no. No. Penis. I hope my guys are talking about their penis too much. It's like, how do we know? You have a penis. <laughs> Honey, we know. <laughs> Honey, we know. What do we a, know? We know they have a oh. penis. Because they oh, shut the well, fuck up about it. I feel like, sure. I know gay guys that do that all the time. It's like, okay, like, I thought we were done being hypersexual in middle school. Like, we can, like, talk about other things. Are you sexuality shaming them? Are I you am. hypersexual I am, shaming them? I'm kink shaming their hypersexuality. I don't really know anyone who talks about their penis. I mean, like, I don't really anymore. But it's just like, sometimes I come across those people. and I'm like, oh, can we talk about, like, me? <laughs> <laughs> you need a clothes you know? grinder right now okay can we talk, can we talk about it. me no i, like, I go into it. a coffee shop Throw and everyone's talking about the their penis get out of here okay get out go My back life. into the woods where you belong honestly i need i need to like jump into a tree or something <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> i don't know i need to live in a tree oh like uh, anyway What's your favorite thing? So my favorite thing. Let's discuss. My favorite thing is a little bit of a cop out because it was my favorite thing a few weeks ago. Like I think like a month. You got on to me for not having a favorite thing earlier. Oh no, exactly. But like I'm, I'm, I, I, I love just shading you. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. And we and we talked about how Mike the rice cooker has been my favorite thing for like the past, like you know, six times at least. Mine was gonna be this can of lemonade before. <laughs> that's bad. That's no. that. No, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> Honestly, it's bad. It's, it's good lemonade. I don't like that. There's high fructose corn syrup in it. That's good. I mean, your body probably craves it. Probably. Um, Sorry, I've interrupted you like five times. Continue. Oh, what? It's the podcast. That's what happens here. You know, <laughs> that's crazy. True. Um. I talked about Pose, which is on FX. They just finished their first season. Eight episodes in their first season. Pose is about the ballroom scene in New York in the you know mid-1980s. I talked about it, how much I loved it, etc. 
Um, and it just it just finished up its its uh, eight episode first season, and they got renewed for a season two, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's getting praise just because that it you know has a lot of like trans women of color playing trans roles. Like it's not like it was it like Jared Leto played a trans woman once, and like it's it's not a a situation where there's trans women uh, characters being played by cis men usually cis straight men anyways it's really really good it was amazing but i wanted to kind of talk about something this isn't really a spoiler um at the end of the season um it's just kind of like an expectation that we have as um queer people and the expectation of us of queer people in media and i was like i was feeling this towards the end of the the season and a lot of other people on twitter when i was looking up were like you know feeling the exact same thing And the thing is, like, I was expecting for something really tragic to happen at the end of this season because Mm. I feel like that as LGBT people or queer people, a lot of our stories portrayed in the media um, end in, like, tragedy. Like, you know, you have the HIV AIDS crisis that happened. You have, like, trans women of color that get shot and killed every day. Like, there's a lot of tragedy in our stories, but, like, I feel like... It's rare. It it was weird having this whole like eight episode season and something like catastrophic didn't happen at the end. Like like one of the main characters like didn't die. And I was like, why was I internally expecting something horrible and tragic to happen at the end of this queer TV series? And I feel like it's because that I were kind of conditioned to be prepared for the worst um even like looking within our own community in media and so i just i wanted to like that's kind of my favorite thing this week is like pose and the fact that like it ended on like a really happy queer note at the end of the season and how for some reason that's like i feel like that's rare in queer media maybe just because that we like we we obviously need more queer representation we need more trans representation obviously need more minority minority representation in media but it's just like do you feel this way like when you you know when you see like movies that involve like gay characters or people part of the queer community are you like conditioned to think that like oh this isn't going to end well like what are your thoughts on that yeah well I don't know if I'm conditioned to mm-hmm. think they're going to end well, but I do notice that most of them do not end well. Yeah. But also, like, I'm kind of a sucker for a bad ending. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, most same. Of the I'm movies, like, I love drama. Like, I read a I read a queer novel. Uh, it's been like three or four years since I read this book, but mm-hmm. it had it was about a, a gay kid in high school, and he had like gone through this loss and stuff, and it ended really perfectly and really mm-hmm. like beautifully. And I was like, this is not fucking realistic. Like yeah, at the end okay. of the book, I was really upset because I was like, a lot of the things in our in like the LGBT experience do end in loss and mm-hmm. tragedy. Yeah, and and but like on the flip side of that though is how our community is held together so that we care for each other when those things are happening do you know True. what i mean yeah like we experience a lot of loss in our community and mm-hmm. have in our community's history yeah but we've always kind of been there for each other you yeah know? and like true. built up our own families but no that is it's nice to hear that you know something gets a good ending like <laughs> a lot of other stories that are told about heterosexual people that get right. to have like i feel like with heterosexual stories sometimes it's a toss-up like it's a 50 50 of if it's a good ending or a bad ending mm-hmm. and with queer media it is weighted towards something ending poorly right i feel like um, like a like an 80 20 situation 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just yeah. like, but I, I totally see that. Like there's, there's a fine line between like accurately portraying that like, like queer stories have historically not ended well because we're, you know, a minority people and discriminated against and bad shit has happened to us. But also like, you know, showing positivity in media and like showing that like we've made strides forward and that not everything has to end poorly for us. Um, right. So it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's, fine line. I guess it depends on like what the historical context of the thing that's being presented is and if there is any historical context like i right. could see something coming out you know like a rom-com that ends happy yeah with an lgbt couple or something mm-hmm. like that in like 2018 but yeah. i feel like if it happened in like if i were watching a movie that took place in like the 50s of like an lgbt couple i would like anticipate not like maybe their families like rejecting them or something, but mm. they like found love together or maybe even not even that and something right. that would happen. I think that but... that's a good point is looking at, at at the historical context. Like this takes place in like the height of the AIDS ep- epidemic of the 80s. So like I think and, and it talks about that, like, you know, there's there's like partners in there. They're like dying of AIDS and shit. Like it's it's rough in a lot of this um season, the first season of Pose. But it's important because it, it gives that historical context. So I guess we were like assuming just because of like like it's based on like 1988 or whatever that like things were not going to end on a happy note and i was like people were like writing articles about this when the the season finale came out about this of like pose ended its first season on like a positive note and why that's unexpected in queer media and so it just kind of got me thinking but yeah no i i think that's i think that's the ticket there is if it's if it's based off of like a h- historical event in history that can probably like pinpoint whether or not you know, accuracy wise, it's going to end, you know, tragically or not. But I feel like you're right on the whole queer story is, you know, because that we've experienced a lot of tragedy throughout our history. Um, you know, the accuracy that it's portrayed in in media is that things kind of things haven't been super happy for us as a community as a whole in history. But I recommend and you want it to. I don't know. Oh, go on. Oh, I just recommend. Gonna, I just I recommend oh. Pose. I it's super amazing. I love the ballroom scene. They like I just I love supporting trans women of color. You know, they're getting paid, being actresses, living their goddamn lives. And it's like it's really, really good. And like I'm not the biggest Ryan Murphy fan, blah, blah, blah. But like this is like one of the best things he's ever done. So I just wanted to wrap that up. But what what were your your closing thoughts on that? Because I interrupted you. Oh, I don't know something about history. I don't know. History. Oh, something about also relating to the experience. Oh, okay. Because like the book I read with, you know, it ended happily and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're just like, really? Right. No. Like you want to relate to it, relate to the feelings of a character. But then also it is fiction and you want to show other kids that you don't want them to think everything's going to end badly. Like you said. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Sounds good. Favorite things pose. Y'all should watch it. You can watch the entire season. I don't know. It's eight episodes. It's good. Support your local trans women of color or whatever. Okay. What's it on? It's it's on FX, but I'm sure it's like you could probably find it other places. But since since it's like the whole season's like wrapped up, I feel like it'll be like published on different platforms soon. Maybe Netflix okay. or something. I don't know. We can. Uh, I bet it's on demand. It's probably on demand. You could scour the internet for it. But I feel like on the whole, both of our favorite things are better than a can of lemonade. And that's what I love really this minute made lemonade made with real lemons. Is it really made and with real lemons? Three percent lemon juice. 
Yeah, it's uh, an essence of lemon. Filtered water, high fructose corn syrup, lemon juice from concentrate, less than 0.5% of natural flavors, citric acid, modified cornstarch, glycerol, ester of rosin, sodium benzoate, sodium sorbate, and calcium, the sodium eta. All right. Number five. All right. Roll roll Joe out. Get him on the gurney. Roll him out of the room. Take me out of here. (laughs) Take him to urgent care. Um, One that accepts my insurance, please. Please, please. We, we have a question. Oh, yeah, we do have a question. In the form of an email. An electronic mail. All right. It says, hi, Sam and Joe. I've been dealing with anxiety for close to four or five years, but recently it became V difficult to deal with. And I finally decided to get medication to help with this problem rather than waiting for it to disappear and live in fear of it coming back. Part of this decision was made easier by the openness you two have had about how medication has improved your lives. And I'd like to thank you for that. I do have a question for you, though. When you've started seeing someone in the past, how soon did you open up to them about your medication? I just started seeing a very kind guy who is aware that I have a mental health issues and I'm only just starting the medication now. My inclination would be not to say anything, but we've gone out for drinks in the last week and I feel like it would be super noticeable if I'm suddenly 100% sober. Obviously, at the end of the day, he's not the right guy if my mental health makes him uncomfortable or my sobriety is an issue, but I'm curious to know when and how you've broached the subject with potential partners. Thanks again for all the wonderful content. Sincerely, Hillary. Oh my God, Hillary Duff, is that you? Hillary Duff! Girl, you were just talking about you. Love, love you, you and your new movie. You inspired me, and I inspired you. Crazy! Crazy how the world works. I feel like this um, is a really good question, actually. Yes, it's a really good question. Thank you for this question, Hillary. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any? I do, but do you? Yeah. Uh, you, do you see anybody? Uh, I mean, like, I haven't seen, I mean, like, the last, the last like, two or three people that I've seen, um, like, I guess on a semi-long-term basis, like, I haven't, like, seen someone, I haven't, like, seen someone long-term in like a year or so i've only like done like hookups and shit but when i like actually getting to know someone like a partner quote unquote um i don't know if it's just because that like i've been you know i've seen therapists off and on like since i got into college and i've been on medication for like three years or something so it's like it's something that i'm very used to and it's not like a new thing for me to like be on medication and stuff i you know joe uh, Joe and i talk about you know anxiety depression you know and and therapy and being on medication very openly on the podcast because i feel like that's a stigma that needs to be broken and for some reason like i don't know if it's just because that i um like attract people that also have mental illness this, this that doesn't sound very good but i feel like in in my <laughs> yeah, in my in my experience in the queer community and the gay community especially like all of my gay friends uh, have true. been like depressed or anxious and like so many of them have gone to a therapist or are on an antidepressant like i For feel like sure. it's it, the people that i'm surrounded with it's a very common thing and i don't know if that's just because that like gay people str- are struggling more like queer people struggle more and so we're like we're more likely to seek mental help or we need more mental help um but like i i don't feel um stigmatized talking about it with a partner because i feel like the statistics the statistics of my partner also having like anxiety and depression and having gone through that is higher um than normal and so i don't like i i don't see any fear in you know in talking about that and and um uh, revealing that part of me like hey like yeah like i you know i have anxiety and depression and i'm medicated for it i see a therapist once a month and stuff like that i feel like it's a it's a really good way to open up to someone because i f- i feel like the millennial generation is more in touch with their mental health and um stuff like that 
comparatively to, you know, um, all the other generations behind us. I feel like it's less stigmatized now than it's ever been. I feel like there's a lot of steps we need to make forward, but I feel like it's way more common now. It's like, I feel like it's more normal. I think it's, it's more talked about now. What do you think? I think that for sure. Like, I think our generation is much more open to mental health stuff than like mm-hmm. previous generations. I have basically, though, there are a lot of things that I tell when I was dating. I would tell them before the first date. Yeah. Like, like I have a list on of table. shit. Well, yeah, because um, and depression was sometimes part of it and it sometimes wasn't just because I don't really think about taking my medication and stuff like that. It's like part like, of your routine. Right. My alarm goes off on my phone and I don't I don't I didn't really drink with it anyway, mm. like without it. So I don't really like I, I just um, it's not the reason I don't drink. I just don't drink. Yeah. Anymore. Um, but no, there are certain things that obviously no, I don't, I'm not going to talk about them here because we're not going on a date. Buy me if I can drink, what? you know, Um, but th- I have like a list of things that are like. Not necessarily, well, yeah, deal breakers, mm-hmm. like health wise deal breakers where yeah. I'm like, if you don't accept this, there's no point in continuing because right. it wastes my time. It yeah, exactly. Com- it like completely waste my time. Yeah. You don't, you're not here to waste someone's time. Like you don't want them to waste your time. You don't want to waste theirs. So you're like, okay, here are my, here's exactly. my baggage. If you're okay with that. Okay. We'll move on to level two. If you're not, then see ya. <laughs> like, so before I would be, you know, texting on and off with somebody or whatever. And I would be like. Just so you know, before this first date, I was just very upfront with these things. And I'd be like, this is what you need to know. And most of the time they'd be like, "Okay, whatever. I don't give a shit. I think I've only ever run into one person who had an issue with my baggage Mm -hmm. and was like, I don't want to proceed. And I was like, "Okay, that tells me a lot about you. And I wouldn't want to proceed either. Well, yeah, because like you don't want to like, you know, form a like solid relationship with someone and then then be like, oh, like this is gross. It's like, what? Exactly. Like, I I just wasted, you know, six months on you and this is going to be the deal breaker. Like, bye. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I've also found, though, that when I have told people these things, these deal breakers for me, they have their own quote, you know, baggage. Yeah. And it turns into like perfect. sort of a, a sharing experience. Like a, I've made myself a little vulnerable. Now they're making themselves themselves a little vulnerable. Right. And it, like, it, it, like it opens up the field of like, OK, I'm putting this out there. So if you feel right. comfortable sharing something with me, like you're in a safe environment. Right. That yeah. too. Um, but I never really expect them to share anything mm-hmm. else. But like with Justin, I remember since he was in D.C. and I was in Chicago, we had a few like, you know, Google Hangout dates before we met. Mm-hmm. And so in one of those, I was like, here's my here's my list of baggage, you know, mm-hmm. like pull out my fucking notebook. your CVS receipt long <laughs> of CVS. all the things wrong with you. My literal CVS receipts <laughs> of all my medications. Um <laughs> No, and then he was, you know, he was like, oh, here's some things you should know about me, too, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there you go. And you, you know, and I, I I, always leave myself open to it, too. Like, if I were telling someone about my anxiety and depression, I'd just be like, oh, I do take, like, you know, a, an antidepressant. Um, if you have any questions about that, <laughs> let me know. Have any questions, please consult your primary care physician. Sure. Because a lot of there are still some people who don't understand a lot of medical issues. Yeah, like, it's true. It's totally true. You tell someone if you were like if someone told me uh, they were diabetic or something mm-hmm. like that. I was a um, I had a friend in high school who was a diabetic and I was like his primary like I always had extra like you were his primary care physician. 
I was his primary care physician. <laughs> no, like when we went to camp together and stuff, I would be the one who you had like the extra test strips and stuff right, like that. Right, extra test yeah. strips, like a tube of frosting if you know he had like <laughs> a seizure or something. Yeah, you would. No, literally you really just, do. You you would eat a, that entire tube of frosting. Don't even. Okay, lie. first of all, I ate a little bit of the frosting. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> first of all, I thought it was frosting. It was toothpaste. Second of all, I ate the entire tub of toothpaste. Third of all, I didn't tell anyone. But if someone were like telling me they were a diabetic, I'd probably be like, okay, um, I, okay. I don't know everything. Well, I don't know everything about diabetes. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I knew a little bit dealing with my friend, but I don't know everything about diabetes. So I'm like, have an, a okay, questions. tell me more sort of situation. Right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I think you tell someone about something, be open to questions as a response. Don't, you know. Um, don't assume that their ignorance is coming from a mean place. Yeah. And also, assume, I, uh, yeah, I feel like that, um, like, you know, having mental health baggage and having, you know, dealing with your mental health or whatever. I feel like there's I don't know if it's just like it, if I've developed this with time, but I have no shame about my mental health anymore. Like I, you know, I let people know like, hey, I'm, I'm having an off day. I'm going to be off. Like, I don't have any shame about telling people about I'm on that I'm on medication or that I go see a therapist or something like that. And I don't know if that's a situation that in, in is due to my environment, being that I'm around people that have very similar experiences with me in, in the mental health field or it's just, you know, my personality. It could be a combination of the two. But what I do, like when what I've done in the past when I'm talking to someone and like bringing, you know, like I, I want to bring up to them like, hey, like I'm, you know, I I have mental health issues in terms of like anxiety and depression. And I, you know, I feel like I want to let you know that if I want to do it in like a sly way, um, which I've done before, uh, sometimes I've said like, oh, I'm a cheap date because the medication that I'm on uh, makes my alcohol tolerance really low. So like one drink for me and I'm done like that sort of thing. Um, and they usually get a laugh out of that and they're like, oh, and usually like 80% of the time they're like, oh my God, I'm on medication too. That causes that. And then I'm like, oh, well my medication is antidepressant. And they're like, oh yeah, same thing. <laughs> like, I feel like it's just, it's hashtag relatable, um, with and a lot of people. And you're like, let's swap C's. Yeah, right. Let's swap meds. Like, oh my God, twinsies. Party. Oh yeah. My God. Uh, Throw them in a bowl and we all just like take random drugs. Is that what people oh did God, in the like 90s? Those car key parties. Yeah, car key Swingers, parties. Swingers, hunty. Mm-hmm. The 90s. Oh, like the 70s. Whatever. I don't know yeah. when I thought there were happened. parties where like people would like like throw random drugs in like a bowl and people would just like take random what? drugs. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I was thinking like the sex parties. Drug bowl party. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> God. It's called a pill bowl. party. Are- Pill party, Pill Urban party. Dictionary. A party in which people bring all different kinds of over-the-counter and prescription medications. It usually involves mixing all the pills together and placing them in, into shot glasses or other cups and taking them all at once. What? <laughs> that is a recipe for a heart-stopping Yeah, disaster. this is like hashtag liver Honey, failure 101. Don't do that. Just give me a Unisom sleep gel and call oh. it a nut, honey. Okay. Oh, my God. Give me just Unisom sleep gel. Unisom I won't wake up for a gel. week. <laughs> I was so mad I took those two Benadryls when I thought I was having an allergic reaction because they knocked me out oh, yeah. the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. I was so pissed I wasn't dying from allergies. <laughs> I'm so pissed I was, I was still alive. So mad. Um, but no, that's a good point to like joke about it. Like some like uh, I've been on a date where like my phone alarm's gone off and I'm like, oh, gotta oh, take my pills and I like take, take them out of my bag, you know, and have them there in the Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So you know, just you know, put them in your sushi on the next date. You know. Yeah. I feel like feel it um, out, you know. Yeah, I mean, there feel, are yeah, different ways out. to do it. In in my opinion, I'm always upfront about more probably than I should be mm-hmm. <laughs> before dates happen because to me, it's a waste of time. Right, exactly. They, 
like even if they if they ask questions and they're still ignorant about it and still against it that i'm like all right i am so glad i didn't waste my time if they can't deal with my list they can't deal with me exactly oh honey amen yeah so the combination of that like just be upfront about it and then b i feel like you should not feel ashamed of you know being medicated for your mental health or going to you know so like tell yourself it's nothing to be ashamed about and so like you can just bring it up and you know see how they react like i feel like it's something that they you know that's more common than not nowadays i think you might be surprised of how you know partners react so i feel like let us know you know listeners let us know what your experiences have been with like letting your partner know about either baggage that you've had you know in terms of like other baggage or you know stuff with um being on an antidepressant or something like that um bring it up to like a potential partner like have you had you know good results have has anything horrible happened like have you had like crazy adverse you know reactions to telling people that or are your experiences kind of like joe and i where it's like oh okay yeah same well i have had the one bad one yeah except for the one bad one but on the whole like yours have been and been okay it is yeah yeah for sure it's i've never had any except for the one and then Mm -hmm. i felt shitty for like half a day and then i was like whatever right you know um so yeah, like me and Sam said, lots of different ways to do it. For me, it kind of depends on the situation. Right, yeah. Feel you know. it out. Yeah, feel it out. Feel it out. Do what you think is best. Maybe hopefully we've helped you. Uh, good. Well, I, I need to go take my meds, so we need to wrap this show up, girl. Uh, Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be taking next week off. I'm going to be in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, being, like the uh, cream cheese. Oh my God, honey, like that cream cheese. Ooh. Uh, I haven't been in eight years. I'm going back to Philly, honey. So hit me up if you're in Philly. Uh, And there are five Thursdays next month. So this is just like our week off next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking a week off just because we can. But we always need more questions. Sam lets you know how to get a hold of us in the outro. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep, that sounds good. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes or via SoundCloud at theshowsamandjoe.com. You can also support us to help keep the podcast going at our Patreon, patreon.com slash theshowsamandjoe. Patrons also gain access to exclusive content like bonus audio clips, music downloads, handwritten letters from Sam and me, or the opportunity to get interviewed in an episode of the show. Also, you can text us or call us and leave us a voicemail with questions or comments, or leave Leave us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the show Sam and Joe. And if we like what we hear, we may play your message in a future show. That number is 516-500-SHOW or 516-500-7469. We also want to give a big personal thanks to the podcast patrons who have donated $5 or more. Thank you to Alex P. Alex S. Allison B. Brian H. Carolyn A. Darren C. Fabian P. Feliciano D. Julian S. Justin. Kevin V. Kylon C. Lindsay C. Marianne J. Max S. Megan N. Michael C. Mike B. Nicholas M. Nikki Q. Pablo F. Rebecca D. Scott A. Vincent L. And Zachy. As usual, thanks to all our listeners, and we'll see you all next week on The The Show. Show.